This is a podcast by The Straits Times and Money FM 89.3. Money FM 89.3. Let's turn our attention to China. From Shanghai's easing of COVID 19 restrictions to a roundup of UN Human Rights Chief Michelle Bachelet. To the country, man, the foreign minister Wang Yi's meeting with his Pacific Island counterpart. To give us an analysis of those headlines, we have on the line Tan Donwei, China bureau chief with the Straits Times. So let's start with Shanghai. You know how they said over the weekend that unreasonable curbs on businesses will be removed from June 1st. Now, how has Shanghai eased their COVID-19 restrictions so far? You know, is there anything in particular that stands out for you, Dawn, in their easing of restrictions efforts? And how far away are they from actually having total easing from this lockdown? Hi, good morning. Tomorrow is the day when Shanghai is expected to lift its lockdown after two months. It will let businesses resume, and officials have said they will support these businesses in getting back on their feet and for production to resume at factories, but they didn't provide details. Some manufacturing operations had been allowed earlier, as the government needed for important economic activity to carry on. So there was a system of closed loop management at certain plants and factories where workers live on site and do not leave the work bubble. China's infection numbers have been trending down, and more people have been let out of their homes and communities, or allowed to go out for a few hours a day. There are little details so far of what kind of easing of restrictions can be expected. For instance, it's not clear if manufacturers have to continue to be in a closed-loop system, but it's going to be a very considered, careful easing of restrictions over the course of June, and we can expect that if there is a rebound in infection numbers, then the government will likely shut things down again. This podcast is available on our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Like us and rate us. And now back to our podcast episode. Don, let's move our attention to the United Nations Human Rights Chief Michelle Bachelet. Of course, being in the news quite heavily over the last week, she capped her landmark trip to China over the weekend. Despite the controversy surrounding this visit, can you share with us the key highlight that came out of her, you know, visit, and what did both sides achieve from her visit? That did she actually disappoint the Uyghur advocates on this trip? This was quite a highly politicized trip, and you can imagine how much pressure Ms. Bachelet would have been under, given she was traveling in a closed-loop COVID bubble. And even before she started her visit, some Western governments and rights groups have already written off the whole thing as a failure. The worry, of course, was that China would control the narrative and choreograph her visit, and she would not get the unfettered access that she had asked for. She gave a news conference on Saturday night to wrap up her trip, and she said she had encouraged the Chinese government to review all of its counter-terrorism measures in Xinjiang and ensure that they are in line with international standards and not applied in an arbitrary or discriminatory way. She mentioned the lack of independent judicial oversight as something to be concerned about, and also the lack of transparency in judicial proceedings. 
As for the controversial detention camps, which China says are vocational training centers, Ms. Bachelet said that she had been assured that they have all been dismantled. And she also announced that her office in China would hold an annual senior strategic meeting to talk about human rights issues. China appears to be quite happy with her response and has framed this as a vindication that they've committed no human rights atrocities in Xinjiang. But Ms. Bachelet has been slammed roundly by other governments and rights organizations as well as Uyghur families for essentially kowtowing to China and doing more harm than good. And some of them have even gone as far as to say that she has lost all legitimacy and credibility. In fact, the hashtag Bachelet Resign is now trending on Twitter. That is quite a claim. What a hashtag as well. Uh, before we let you go, Don, let's also talk about China's foreign minister, Wang Yi, also in the news, how he met up with his Pacific Island counterparts in Suva for a crucial virtual meeting. First up, what was the agenda for this meeting? I mean, what is China pursuing? Who joined this meeting? And what are the chances China will actually pull off this deal? Mr. Wang was there to essentially court the Pacific Island nations to sign up to a trade and security pact, which China wants in order to gain a greater foothold in that region. There were 10 countries that participated in a video call with him, and he was in Fiji. They were Solomon Islands, Kiribati, Samoa, Fiji, Tonga, Vanuatu, Papua New Guinea, Cook Islands, Niue, and Federated States of Micronesia. Beijing had wanted these island nations to sign a communique and a five-year action plan during the meeting, and the agreement was a wide-ranging one calling for cooperation from security to climate change and also provision of humanitarian and COVID-19 aid and the setting up of a free trade area. And China would also appoint a special envoy to the region. But the deal didn't happen because apparently at least one country had voiced opposition to it. The Federated States of Micronesia was said to have been worried about tying the region's economy to China and being drawn into its sphere of influence. And other countries also wanted time to consider the deal. Mr. Wang had to reassure them not to be too anxious or nervous about China's intentions, and he later also said China would put out a position paper outlining its propositions and that it will continue to have discussions with these countries. In other words, continue to cajole them. Brilliant as always, Tan Don Wei, China Bureau Chief with The Straits Times. Thank you so much for your time and that wrap-up. Have a great rest of the day. The Asian Insider Podcast channel is also available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Like us and rate us.